Oh, oh, hey, that's my cue to talk. I'm sorry, I was checking out something on my plug, just trying to figure out what this actually is. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Wednesday, May 8th, Lost in the Long Box. Um, I am Randy. I have my other two partners in crime here. Enos. And working the board, we got uh, Scott Robbins back there. Um, Tommy is actually not here this week. He is on vacation, so... He'll be back next week, just in time for me to go on vacation. I actually leave Saturday. So ah, okay. I got to go home after the podcast and pack. Pack. Ho, ho. Right. So, um, how was everybody's weekend? Good, I trust. Great. Yeah. Uh, we actually went to the free comic book day that our friends at Flashback Comics were hosting. Um, Troy David Phillips, if you're out there listening, hey, guy. Um, had a good time. One of my... Uh, favorite pickups was that I and I posted this on the Lost in the Longbox page and I meant to bring it in to show it to Scott and I left it at home. Um, Jonathan Luna, artist and writer for um, Alex Plus Ada miniseries. I think there's like three volumes in the trade. He was there and I didn't realize that. And I'm like, well, crap. So I bought another um, copy of volume one of the trade and was talking to him saying, you know, hey, this is a really great story. I've read this thing like four times now. So he autographed it for me, but he also did a beautiful pencil sketch of the lead character Ada on the front in the inside page. Nice. So it's actually on our Facebook page if you pull it up because I made sure to post it there. Um, I actually posted it on my Facebook too, and then I took it to work and I've been showing it off to people. My only problem is because it is a pencil sketch, I got to figure out a way to preserve that so it doesn't fade out or just rub off eventually. Um, People have told me to like put it in a shadow box. So I'm like, well, but you don't understand. It's on the inside. Yeah. It's maybe I could scan the front of it and then still shadow box it and then put the scan. I don't know. Um, I, I might be, I might just laminate that page. <laughs> Go get some laminate, cut it down, and, and laminate just that page. You know. Right. So, but yeah, it's beautiful drawing. Um, now you're gonna make me pull it up here. Uh, so what else is going on? Um, Let's talk about some of the news items that came out over the last week. I only got a couple of them here because nothing really struck me as, hmm, okay. Um, but HBO dropped their teaser for the Watchmen uh, series they're doing. And my response was, meh. <laughs> they, they don't show you anything. And I mean, plus, uh, the movie's good, but you had to be a really good fan of that movie to watch it. Because I found out watching that movie, I was like, there's no surprises. I've read the story. And right. they, yeah. they followed it so close, and I'm like... Okay, well, the only surprise you threw me was the ending. You changed it, and I liked the ending of the movie better. (laughs) It it was more made more cleaner. Yeah, right. Made more sense than the giant symbiote sponge thing, which you really had to explain. It took like, I mean, it would take another half an hour of that movie to explain that. Right. The the life form. Life form that they made. Yeah. So I'm glad they they changed that up. Right. I I did see the uh, the trailer for Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah, Swamp Thing actually looks fantastic. It yeah, it does. DC dropped a couple of those now, I think, and that's, I think that's getting ready to start soon. Am that's I, in the, this, yeah, I yeah. do believe that's in the uh, mu- end of the month. End, end of May, beginning of June, so, yeah, looking forward to watching it. Hopefully, now, I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, hopefully it'll be better than the movie was, oh, yeah. but the movie did have one redeeming quality. Adrian Barbeau. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's back before. It was better than that one that had to have a Locklear in it. All right. Well, well, now, again, the only redeeming quality was Let's Heather see, Locklear. There you go. <laughs> now, now, was it Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas? No, Heather Locklear, okay. because, Heather, because Heather Thomas is, like, real fly, and I love her. So, <laughs> so I, I would have remembered her. Somewhere, Heather Locklear just went, ow, and, like, reached her back, like, what in the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, remember, they had a, 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 a series on, like, on USA Network for a while for Swamp Thing. Yep. And that was such a bad rubber suit. I was like, really? So you're not fooling anybody with this yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that, that was, they did their very best to try and pull that off, but that was, like, uh, well, no. you, you know, here's, here's the problem. They didn't have any CGI then. No, exactly. Uh, and, and CGI could have fixed that whole problem. You could have put the rubber suit, but they could use a CGI to enhance it and smooth out some things and what have you. And one redeeming quality about that show was Mark Lindsay Chaplin as Dr. Arcane. Oh, yep, I will give you that. And uh, because he did an excellent job as John Lennon in a made-for-TV film. He was very convincing as uh, the late Mr. Lennon. Now, I didn't watch the TV show. Did they try to use the anatomy lesson storyline or origin for that, or did they stick with Alec Holland? And uh, They just stuck with Alec Holland. They didn't, I don't think they even tried to touch Alan Moore stuff because 
when this came on, he was either concluding or he was just finishing up with what he had done with it. So I don't think they touched a lot of his um, stuff. I think more if they did any error, I think they stuck to the uh, Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson gotcha. type, um, era because it just seemed like it focused on Alec Holland. So I'm figuring that's where they, uh, that's where they stayed. Yeah. We should, we yeah, should that's pr- what it says here on the oh, Wikipedia cool. page. That's mm. exactly. We should actually probably discuss that story arc someday as one of our subjects. Not the, the Bernie Wrightson and, and Len Wein stuff, mm-hmm. even though that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But the whole Alan Moore anatomy lesson. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you read that, because that's just, I think that was the first time where I just set a book down and went, wow, that just totally changed everything I know about the character. Well, see, that was the, th- that was the thing. Um, Got to give Alan Moore credit on this. He took a character... That really had no following. Yeah, no, literally no following. But he was at the same time he was solidified by what Ween and Wrightson did, and he took it to a whole new level. It's last night I posted on the comic book collecting page. Not to get off off kilter here, but um, I was talking about was there a better run than Simonson's Thor? And, and what, someone took offense and said, uh, yeah, the uh, Kirby. Yeah, and, then, and I was like, no. I said, I, I told him, think of, I said, no, I don't, wouldn't consider Lee and Kirby because they're the ones that introduced them to us. They laid the groundwork. Right. And truth be told, there would be a time, and I wrote about this, where you could go into like a convenience store at any time you'll see a Thor comic, but the Avengers would always be sold out. And, the, and Thor sold... Somehow or another, Thor just wound up being that big dude from the Avengers, and he was much more interesting in the Avengers than he was in his own book until Simonson took over. And when Simonson took over, he gave he solidified Thor to where he stood on his own, and the stories were so good you didn't want to miss. See any now, of them. see now he's almost brought up another topic: characters that were much better in team books than their own series. Because both Marvel and DC are just filled with those oh, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So, let's get, get back to the news. Okay. See, <laughs> whenever I let uh, Enos talk, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to put a damper on the boy because he's going to go off. Um, so, poor Tom Holland. I, I got to tell you, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Right. But he just can't keep his mouth shut, can he? No. Poor fella. <laughs> poor Because <laughs> he just told everybody there's going to be a major twist in Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, which I guess there was also one in Homecoming with Vulture. But he's sitting there saying that uh, he filmed the scene and he walked out and he uh, went to, uh, I guess, John Watts, the director. He's like, are you sure this is okay? He's like, no, people are going to lose their mind. And I, you just tell it going, Tom, shut up. Yeah, man, <laughs> dude, come on. I mean, he's great as Spider-Man. He's, even though I didn't really like his Spider-Man movie, um, I love him in the Avengers movies as Spider-Man, and I think he's great for that part. And he's already said, I'll, I'll do this the rest of my life if you let me. But he's a lot like um, John Delancey in Star Trek. Just don't tell him anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> he finds a way to blow it. Like, uh, what was it? Last year he got that uh, Avengers poster. And they just sitting there showing to everybody right on the back of it. It <laughs> says, top secret. Do you not? <laughs> <laughs> him and Mark were follow. Can't, can't let them tell anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Ruffalo. He's... He's another one that uh, just like, uh, yeah. did, did I blow it? Yeah. That's a great video, too, yeah, an interview Don with him Cheadle, and Don yeah. Cheadle. Yeah. And he's like, and Don Cheadle's like, what you dude. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't know if that was real or it was staged, because Don Cheadle's a good enough actor yeah, that I could right. see that being staged. But at the same time, the look on his face was just genuine enough where, like, yeah. Ruffalo, am I getting fired? He's like, probably. <laughs> well, Ruffalo's like the Riddler, you know. You just don't want to, you don't want to tell him anything. Right. Right. <laughs> So something else, um, New Mutants, um, Disney has finally given it an release date of April 3rd next year. So April 3rd, 2020. I, I remember first seeing the trailer for that. I really like the look of New Mutants. Um, they're doing it more as a horror. I was going to say, aren't they doing a horror flavor to this? And, and part of the reshoots originally, because it was supposed to come out like last year, wasn't it? 2018? Yep. yep. Uh, but they said, we're going to do reshoots, add a little more of the horror element, make it a little more scarier. And then Disney bought Fox. And right. I guess at some point, Disney was like, well, we don't know if we really want to be putting this out there among the superhero line. And there was even rumors that it might just go straight to Netflix. So I'm like, well, that's going to suck if it goes right to Netflix. Because it's got um, two big, really, uh, actresses in it. Um, I think Maisie Williams is playing Wolfsbane. And then Anna Taylor-Joy. <sighs> hmm. 
<laughs> Where was I? Oh, she's playing Alana. <laughs> she's playing Alana Rasputin. So. <laughs> I. Ever since I saw a split, Anya uh, mm. Taylor Joy, it's just like, uh, what happened? Okay, see there I went so again. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, May or uh, April third, twenty twenty, for New Mutants. Uh, maybe the reshoots did add a little more horror to it. Who knows? I, I was looking forward to it even before they decided to want to reshoot it. So I was a little disappointed when they said they're going to push it back and do reshoots. Right. Because let's be honest. It doesn't matter if you're DC, you're Marvel, or, or even if it's an unrelated superhero movie. When you say they're going to go back and do reshoots, what's the first thing that enters your mind? Oh, uh, this thing's a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because reshoots usually always means we got to fix some scenes that didn't work. You mean they sucked? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and again, going to hop on my soapbox. The soapbox over here? Uh, we need to, I would have loved a reshoot for that scene in Batman versus Superman. You're letting them kill Martha. Even I can write that thing better, but yeah. that's a whole t- that's a whole nother conversation. Yep. All right. Did you guys find anything new over the weekend or read anything that made you go, hey, I, this is kind of interesting. I want to mention it. Well, The Eternals has um, officially cast their has first it? one, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones as Icarus. Okay. And um, he, according to this here, he was... Um, what was this character's name? John something on um, no Rob Rob. Um, <laughs> Who's about to go? John Snow. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're no, not no. watching Game of Thrones. No, I, I don't watch Game not. of Thrones either. That's Me why. I neither. <laughs> Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Oh, he's one of the Starks. Yeah, he the, the doomed Rob Stark. From They're the like first. Tony's great great grandparents. Right, right. And uh, so he's um, he's gonna be Icarus. I think he's the he's the blonde haired guy with yes. the blues. Yeah. He's like, actually the first character you meet in the Eternals. In fact, right. when you meet him, he's with the professor and his daughter as part of the archaeological crew, mm-hmm. and you don't know that he's an Eternal at that point. Right. I think it gets revealed halfway through. See, now I'm going to kick myself in the head because when I was at Awesome Con, there's a guy who had the set on the shelf. Get like, out. Because, you know, in the back wall, they have all their, their key books. Right, right. Everybody had Eternals 1 up there, but there was a guy who had the Eternal set, and I didn't ask for it because I'm sure he wanted too much. How long did that book last anyway? 24 issues? 24 issues and one, and one I started to say, idol, one annual. Right, okay. okay. Yeah, it didn't run long. Um, but it's another one where Kirby had a definitive yeah. beginning, middle, and end. Right. He knew where it was going. It, I don't think it was ever intended to be an ongoing. Right. Which was kind of uh, revolutionary back in those times because with comic publishing from DC and Marvel back in the 70s, if it was good and it was running, the only reason you cut the book was people weren't buying it. I mean, exactly. I remember when DC first did the miniseries, they tr- did World of Krypton and said, hey, this sold. Throw out another one. <laughs> so they did Untold Legend of the Batman, and it sold. Like, hey, this mm-hmm. sold. Do another one. And then they did, what was it, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. well, damn, this one sold too. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel went, hey, look what they're doing. <laughs> Let's throw one out there. And then Contest of Champions came out. And like, hey, that sold. Do another one. <laughs> so, Actually, it's funny you say that. That is how I learned that Captain Marvel had died. That that Marvel had died. In Contest of Champions? Contest of Champions. At the end of the uh, last issue, they had a list of all of the deceased characters, and they had Captain Marvel died of cancer. And I was like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) because I used to, in the comics, I used to have, there used to be superhero enterprises out of uh, Dover, Dover, New Jersey, and it later evolved into the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art. Uh, they sold merchandise, toys, books, and everything like that, and they had the artists who were going to the school at the time actually do the actual artwork for the advertisements, and it looked like Joe Kubert did the work, did oh. the art. But um, I ordered a lot of stuff from there when I was a kid. But um, that, that's when I learned about the Marvel graphic novel, but it was actually in con- the final issue of Contest of Champions number 5 where I discovered that Marvel had died. And um, it was about two years later when I got the actual book. Right. And, yeah, because then you read that and you went, oh, well, well, yeah, well, why did I miss this? It was like, I'm not going to lie, it scared the hell of me, to be honest. Now, I remember back then, too, those graphic novels were really hard to get because you couldn't yeah. just go get them in 7-Eleven. You no. had to have a newsstand store that, yeah. that ordered the oversized, and not many of them did that because 
as far as they were concerned, they weren't making much of a profit off the comics. No. Exactly. So it, it was really hard for them to get. Uh, do you remember, Madman, you might remember this. Sorry, Scott. Um, Robinson's newsstand down on, on uh, Princess Anne Street. Uh, yeah. Remember how she had every comic known to man, yeah. and she got a few of the Marvel magazines as well, too? Yeah. I, I used to love going there because she actually got to the point where she would let me go through the unopened packages. Oh, and yeah. Says, and says, just tell me which ones you've taken. I'm That's like, called okay. clout there, buddy. Yep. And I used to, kid you not, was, I used to walk up a stack like this <laughs> on Saturdays. I got mine from Geppy's. Geppy's Comic World on Fenton Street in Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never, never had a Geppy's. Trust me. If you ever went there, it was just like dying and going to comic book comic book store heaven, dude. I'm telling well, you. Well, this is, this is what Robinson was like. Her whole, because you know, they had those, uh, those old-fashioned magazine racks along the wall. Right. Um, the bottom one, uh, the second one, and I'm not kidding, the entire bottom one was comics. And it because it was Marvel, it was DC, it was Harvey's, it was Dell's, it was even some Charlton showing up in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, she carried every and she carried wow. every title of every publisher. I mean, that's where I found King Conan. King Conan, okay. Seven wow. Eleven's never got yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah, Seven Eleven never had King Conan. But it's funny when uh, we we had talked about this before. I jumped on with the Prince's Dead storyline, mm -hmm. where they, everybody thought Prince Khan had been killed. I bought that on Thanksgiving, 1983. I read that book twice that day. Right, it was that good. And, and King Conan was why I went back and started reading, reading the regular Conan series because right. I hadn't read it then. So I said, "Well, maybe I'll go ahead and check out this King Conan." You know, it's, it's number one. It's starting off a new series. I go, "Well, now I'm going to have to go back and read the regular ones." And sadly, the Arnold movies didn't do it any justice. The books were actually better. Than well, I mean, you can't we have Arnold. You can't make a true Conan movie unless you're going to rate it X. Let's be yeah. honest. Oh uh, yeah, true. <laughs> and I, I'm not talking about just the sex. I'm talking about all the gore in it too. Oh yeah, exactly. Because violence. Oh, exactly. Violent. It's like because Arnold said he did the very best that he could. Graphic descriptions of the heads <laughs> being chopped off. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. So before we get into main topic, now I didn't um, take a look at any of the new releases for this week because, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot of them that were great jump-on points. Um, although I had to take that back. Ding! I just remembered uh, Flash number 70 came out today, which is the first part of Barry Allen year one mm. because they just wrapped up the whole storyline with the whole um, him chasing down the other um, speed force things like the sage force, what have you. So issue 70 is starting the, the run of um, year one, just like they did with Batgirl and Batman back a few mm -hmm. years ago, the year one thing. So that's a good jump on point if you guys aren't reading Flash. Um, Deceased number one is probably still out there, um, even though Tom Taylor has, spoiler alert, said it's not going to be a regular zombie story, which is basically what it turned out to be. I'm, mm. I got a little disappointed, but he said there's going to be enough twists and turns that it won't be a regular zombie story. So, Oh, uh, okay. But anyhow, I think Madman's got to uh, keep the lights on. You know, I do, but uh, let me just go ahead and do this real quick. Uh, Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Check them out at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. Uh, they're located at 10657 Spotsylvania Avenue uh, here in Fredericksburg with a five-mile delivery uh, radius from that address. So apologies to our listeners in Gloucester. Uh, yeah, 898-5008 is their number. They're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and on Sundays they're open noon to 8. It's always buy one, get one free pizzas at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. I keep telling myself that one of these weeks... I'm going to leave early and go over there and get dinner before I come here. It, it seems like you only remember that after I read the ad. Right. Well, and because uh, with the wife in school, usually Wednesday um, she would have class. So I was fending for myself anyway. Right. Um, and now that I no longer have Angel, um, our dog, which passed away a couple months ago, um, I don't have to go home and, and feed her and feed all the cats. And, and actually the cats are, are good enough that they can just wait. But for the dog, you know, you got to go home and let them out. Mm -hmm. But now that I don't have that anymore... I, there's no problem for me to just take my laptop to work and then after work just split right from there and feed the cats later. So I might have to do that next week. But she's, but she's out of class now because she just had her last exam on Monday. Um, so there might be dinners being cooked by one of us now on Wednesdays. Might crock pot something. Who knows? I know. First world problems, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, uh, so last week we actually talked about Avengers Endgame, which... Uh, one of my friends at work, Jim, talking to you, um, said he listened to it, really loved our in-depth review of it, um, which reminded me Saturday that we didn't really delve enough into what's the MCU going to throw at us next. 
So we're yeah. going to talk about what have they announced, what is coming, and also what do we want to see? Because oh, yeah. I guarantee there's stuff that we'd like to see that they haven't even thought of. Uh, like So movies coming out, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Now some of these movies I'm throwing out there as MCU even though they're not part of Marvel Studios simply because they are superhero movies. So like X-Men Dark Phoenix uh, is coming June 7th. I got to tell you, I really didn't want to see that until I saw the latest trailer for it. And I said, okay, I'm on board. So I, I like the new trailer. And I just saw last night one of those stations like TBS, TNT, or somebody was showing X-Men 3 last stand. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you trying to show us the bad one before the <laughs> supposed good one comes out? Um, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is actually supposed to be, according to Kevin Feige, the actual end of Phase 3, not Avengers Endgame. Ah. Ooh, which, by the way... Light bulb goes off. I'm going to actually need uh, someone to do video editing, so when that happens, you can just pop a light in there for me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's like, no, not happening. Man. Get somebody else. I, I, I run the camera. That's it. Um, <laughs> so did you see the last trailer they just released on Monday for Spider-Man Far From Home? Mm -hmm. I posted it on the page. Was that you? That okay. was me. Because they actually, have you seen it, Scott? Not yet. I, I need to. I need to they straight out. up throw. Uh, Tom Holland is straight up telling you, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, don't watch this trailer. And I'm like, serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. He straight up, at the beginning says, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, do not watch this trailer. And the trailer starts. It freaking starts with Spider-Man talking about how he misses him, and you see a big picture oh, of, wow. of, so, I, of uh, Iron Man on the wall. And I'm thinking, well, then you just told everybody Iron Man's dead. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so. I, I, now I understand why they said it actually is the end of Phase 4 because apparently, or Phase 3, because apparently it's going to jump right where Endgame well, starts. Apparently they still have like some threads to tie up. They have daddy issues to, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, Spider-Man Far From Home's coming out. Uh, what else there? Um, I don't actually know if these are solid, if they're just talking about them, but uh, there's going to be an Into the Spider-Verse 2, and then they're actually talking, I actually would really like to see this one, a, a spin-off of Into the Spider-Verse with the girls. With like, oh. So it's like with... Um, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman. Um, I think they're going to try and pull in some of the alternate versions. Like I would love to see them pull in Mayday Parker from the oh, M2 storyline. From Yes, Spider-Girl, yes. So that would be good. Uh, what else? So the things that we know is coming. Um, Enos, you already mentioned this. Uh, Eternals. Black Panther 2 is coming. I honestly didn't know if Eternals was getting made until they made the casting call, Then, now that you mentioned it, because I th that's still just uh, being talked about, and Kevin Feige kept saying, we're going to do Eternals, we're going to do Eternals. Well, yes, they are doing Eternals. But yes, Black Panther 2 is coming. Yeah, when's Doctor that coming out? I'm looking that up right now. Uh, I think that's 2020, isn't 2020. it? 2020. And, and also Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange 2. 2 is 2020, because I am dying to see what they do with... Schweitel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. Say that three times real fast. Schweitel Ejiofor. Schweitel Ejiofor. So, so it is Baron Mordo. Okay, because I was just going to say they need to make the villain Baron Mordo. Yeah, that's who Ejiofor is. Because we is. need to have his counterpart. And I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't see the Ancient One in a flashback training Baron, Baron Mordo, Mordo before Doctor Stephen Strange. Because that was the one thing I did like in Endgame. I looked for Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. He's three blocks that way performing <laughs> surgery. <laughs> and like, okay then. She obviously knows why you're there. But, yep. Uh, so what? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy so 3. Three. I got a theory about that. That may not even show up until 2021. Because I'm betting that's not going to get filmed until 2020. Jane, because right. James Gunn is, I don't think they've even started um, Suicide Squad 2 yet. They're making a 2 on that. Yes. Well, he's redoing. They're, I think they're even going so far as recasting it. Yeah. Um, but they're going to change some of the characters. They're going to do some recasting. It's going to get a. It's basically a, re, a revamp retcon. So. And Idris Elba is going to be taking over for Will Smith, but not as Deadshot. Which, and you know, I, I openly admit I liked Suicide Squad. It did what it was supposed to. It was entertaining. It was a good um, way to spend a couple hours. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be deep. I didn't expect it to be this huge tie into the DC universe, even though it did have Batman taking out Deadshot and Flash taking out, um, oh God, who was it? Boomerang, I Bo think. Captain Boomerang. So uh, it had some good things in it, but uh, yeah, it's it wasn't you know uh, a heavy hitter by any chance. I mean, you know, so. And Margot Robbie didn't hurt. Oh, what, what happened? Oh, okay. So, 
See, you say Margot Robbie, and I immediately start thinking Wolf of Wall Street. And then... What? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so, I'm sorry. But, I'm, but you know what? I really loved her in uh, uh, The Legend of Tarzan. I haven't seen that. Man, she was Jane. I haven't she, seen it. So, she, wait a minute. How old is that movie? Uh, 2016, four or three years. I didn't even know they had done another one. I'm still thinking of... Uh, Alexander Skarsgård did uh, Was Tarzan. Okay, gotcha. Samuel L. Jackson was in that as well. Uh, as I said, um, uh, Jane was played by Margot Robbie, and she was not... I loved her portrayal of Jane because they stuck with... But Tarzan, the whole thing, they stuck with um, Edgar Rice Burroughs' vision, where he was not me, Tarzan, you, Jane... He was this nobleman, British nobleman who loved, who was more at home in the jungle, and Jane was not this damsel in distress. Jane was a tough broad. So they basically remade uh, Legend of Grace, Greystroke or whatever from the eighties with Christopher Lambert. Picked up where, actually it picks up where it left off. Okay, because that that's a pretty good movie. Because yeah. I remember yeah, that yeah. one being a true yeah, version the, the, of that, the Tarzan. Yeah, those the, those two were the truest, um, in my opinion. Um, truest depiction of what Edgar Rice Burroughs envisioned of Tar of Tarzan. All right, so I'm gonna have to go look that up yeah. now because she was also really good in Focus with Will Smith as well. Right, and Christoph Waltz was the villain. All right, I, I will go look that up. He always does that well. Yeah, and, and you know what? So he is he plays a terrific villain, but he's funny as hell. <laughs> most of most of the he, actors he who are known for their villains man. are usually. I loved him in. Uh, Green Hornet. I was I, I was just getting ready to say <laughs> yeah. he he and Kato were the redeeming things of the Green Hornet. Yeah. Hey hey hey, we're talking about Marvel movies here. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about those other guys on another date. So anyway, yeah, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, like I said. So I don't think they're even filming Suicide Squad two, which means they might go into post production of that later this year, which means a script and everything. So they might start filming early twenty twenty. So best shot is late 2020, early 2021 for that one, is what I'm betting on. And I don't know when any other, Mar if there are any other Marvel movies coming out this year, I'm really hard-pressed to think, other than Spider-Man and Dark other, Phoenix. To my knowledge, <laughs> no. Not, not that I know of. I mean, so I, I honestly think they're trying to, to bang out what they're doing for Phase 4. Because i got to tell you, they, <laughs> in my mind, they've already got a miss on this one. They're doing uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu. Yeah, they're, they're doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, no one read that book when I was a teenager. That, that movie is going to flop. That's, well, I mean, that movie has a cult following. It got a lot of its strength during the, um, during the uh, early 70s yeah, due to the Kung Fu, Kung Fu craze. Yeah. When you can take the pebble from my hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot better than David Carradine's. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's kind of where that all that started, though. Right. Even, even like Iron Fist. Yeah. Even right. Like yeah. In the 70s, a lot of those those Iron Fist, Daughters of the Dragon, Sons of the Tiger, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu. All of those move. All of those comics were all put out at that time right. to capitalize on um, the the. Um, off Bruce Lee's popularity and surprisingly the Kung Fu television right. series. Because well, I remember, even I remember watching uh, Legend of Kung Fu on, on right. television. Yeah. But I just, like I said, I never got that comic. No one I knew read that book, so I just don't see how that movie's gonna. It's gonna be a blade. It's, well, it, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a cult classic film. Well, I mean, just like um, the the Iron Fist show, you know, it was. There's not a whole lot of superpowers going on. It's ma mainly just a martial arts show. And and that's all well and good, but it just doesn't feel like a superhero show. Well, but but here's the problem, though. In Iron Fist, he actually does have the equivalent of a superpower. He's got a mystical power that, right. and I, my understanding, because I haven't watched it, a lot of people were upset because you don't ever actually really see him use that. Yeah, not a whole lot. No, from what I've heard, no. And, and like, the only thing he really has in regards to the comic book is the um, tattoo on his chest, and that's about it. Yeah. Right. Plus, uh, I I want to say too, they did the whole thing where he wasn't as rich as he should have been because right. in the comics he's very wealthy. Right. And then they had him doing a Bruce Wayne doing walkabout for several years. Right. 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 So, 
All right, so what? anyone remember anything else Marvel's putting out? I, I, I am really hard-pressed to think of anything that's coming. I, I, I don't know. All the thing I can tell you is, like, everybody now is waiting for them to do Fantastic Four and X-Men, and we all know we ain't going to see X-Men at least well, for the next couple right, of years. And, that, and you're segueing right into stuff that we want to see. So we know what's coming out. Right. Um, so I'm going to take the first one since you went and tried to steal my glory. <laughs> Something I want to see, I want to see another FF movie. And I hesitate to say done right. Because I was a fan of the first two. I actually liked them. I was okay with them. But I also agree that we need an FF in the Marvel Universe, and they need to be established as the first family like it's always been in Marvel. Right. Because for the longest time, and they've even lost this in the publishing arm, the FF were the ones who came first. They were the ones all the other groups looked up to. Now, one can argue that the Avengers kind of came up behind them, passed them, and took over the lead on in that area. But it always came back to the FF. Fantastic the FF four. were the the epitome of this is how a hero is supposed yeah, to be. Exactly. But look at all the problems they have. Yes, but when it matters, they get their act together and they go save the world. Exactly. And when they when those four work together, they are a hell of a team. Right. And they've proven time and time again that when they do have their issues that become overpowering and they split up, they're not a strong team with other nope. members. Nope. Unless it's She Hulk. Yeah. yeah. That, or or Crystal for that one brief moment mm -hmm. there. Oh yeah, I forgot about her. <laughs> you forgot about <laughs> 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 Well, do you remember the alternate um, Fantastic Four when it was Wolverine, Wolverine Spider Man, Spider -Man Hulk and Ghost Rider? Yeah. <laughs> Cool four, but uh, yeah, it's just like, that's that's not the fantastic. That's not that's not Fantastic Four, right? Hey, Madman, w w what do you want to see MCU pull out? Uh, I would love to see a Darkhawk movie. Mm. <laughs> Damn it, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you only did that because of the camera right there. And you almost had a spit take. I know it's exactly why you did it. Seriously, I would love to see a Darkhawk movie. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love the Darkhawk series, and I, I wish Tom were here to get my back, but, uh, you know, I think it was an interesting character. He had a cool look to him, and I think that, uh, I think that there's a market for that. But then again, I also like Sleepwalker more than I like uh, Darkhawk, but I don't think a movie of Sleepwalker would be very I could, or good. You know what? Here's what's funny. Sleepwalker would work as a TV series. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And I can tell you that even though Tommy's on vacation, he's probably got internet because I he's, he's I've been right getting I've been getting text messages from him even though he's on a ship at sea, which I actually unplug, and I can guarantee you said that he went yes. Which <laughs> <laughs> for you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? As God is my witness, I'm going to find a copy of Dark Hawk One and read it. So oh, I, you want me to bring it in next week. I no, got I got it. I have to join the club, as they say. I have to go buy a copy of it. Uh, all right, Ina, so now that Madman has totally just ruined me for the rest of the night, <laughs> what would you like to see done in the MCU? Um, believe it or not, I would love to... <laughs> uh, I would like to see Namor. Yes. Yeah. But but I would like to see him evolve to being a hero. Right, at first he just come, wants to make he, war. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's this pompous... Arrogant. Dude, this arrogant fool. I mean, not well. I call him that because because I, he gets on my nerves. <laughs> but 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 he's still a great character. I guess that's why I want to read him because um. But I want to see him the way he was portrayed as this guy that just comes out the water. He don't if you don't live under the sea, he doesn't like you. If you're in his way, he's going to beat the hell out you, and he's going to destroy everything. You know what would be a great intro for that? So he sends his giant uh, Leviathan creatures yep. that's always been hidden. Right. He attacks Manhattan, and uh, now that everybody's focused on it and they go back to the water, you see him riding in on his two porpoises right. um, into the water, or swimming. But what, he, what happens is you see all the people amassed on the dock and, and all the cops and what have you, and he comes striding up there. And you see him just throw down a sea turtle with one of those stupid plastic um, drink mm, holders yeah. wrapped around its middle, and, it's, and the sea turtle's all squished in the middle. Yeah. And Namor just goes, "We need to talk." Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that would be cool. And, yeah. and then that's what starts the war with mankind. That right. would be cool. 
And that's why I think they probably need to make a Fantastic Four movie, a good Fantastic Four movie. To introduce him. And bring in Namor. Yeah, you could put him like at the end credits. And you could, yeah. you could so use the origin from number five, where Johnny finds him in you know a homeless shelter and, and, goes, burn, wow, and burns off his hair, hair and his, you know, his beard and goes, holy crap, do you guys know who this is? Right. So this and is why no one's heard and you could actually paint it that they've known about Atlantis for years, but they've been quiet for 40, 50 years. Absolutely. And this is why, because Namor's been gone, and they've been looking for him. Yeah, there's a lot of ways they could do it. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to start writing the script when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, it would be good to see the Galactus Saga done as properly, well. Done right. well. Yeah. Um, I would also like to see Blade introduced. Yep. Yeah, in... in with the other teams. Well, yes, right. with the other teams being where he's now, everybody's all together now. I like to see Blade. I would, uh, but uh, we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy um, 3 earlier, and we were talking about um, when that's going to be made. I have a prediction of what uh, what's, what's going to go happen? on with that movie. I think we're going to finally get to see um, Walter Simonson's greatest work come to life with the introduction of Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill, because he they had uh, his face carved in uh, right. the column on Ragnarok. Right, and I think you're also going to finally get Adam Warlock. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's another one, Warlock. I want to see Warlock. Yep. I mean, you can't keep hinting at him and not give him to us. You know. I'm curious how they're going to use him. Yeah. I'm yeah, done. Well, and you would have thought they would have used him in Endgame, but right. and because in the comics he guessed the stone. He was the central character right. of the Infinity, <laughs> the Infinity Gauntlet, and the Infinity War. Because so he's, one like, of, he's the one that gets all the heroes and says, "Okay, Thanos is profession is love for death." Okay, so what's wrong with that? He's going to wipe out half the universe to do it. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you know what I would love to see in an FF movie when he said Galactus. I would love to see a scene where he shows up and he's wearing his classic purple boots mm, and his big purple and helmet big and things on and have the Fantastic Four looking at him and one of them going, okay, what's with that getup? And Reed says, this is not actually what his true form. He adopts uh, an identity uh, of what we imagine and has Ben or Johnny go, okay, who's a six-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> so one that I really want to see them do and I think this would probably work better even as a TV series um, Unless if you do it as a movie, it's gonna have to be dark. It, it almost has to be a horror. I would love to see a Moon Knight. Oh movie. yes! And and you know how you do that? You do that as like a mummy type horror movie, but you do it with the forces of darkness and Khonshu finding his hero to combat it. Right. That uh, that would work. I gotta have me a Moon Knight movie, which is why it would work great as a series because you could do the whole thing. Um, have Mark Spector be the archaeologist or have something happen he's on the archaeologist team and he falls into the pit he wakes up there's a statue of, Mon of Khonshu Shoot. and the whole you know you have fallen into my pit I need a champion blah 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 I don't right. know the whole origin story but that's what happens and then he comes out and had the split personality be a result of the moon madness from Khonshu because right. he knew he was going in right. now he's not so sure right and, right. we got, and make sure we get a Marlene. The gots to have, have us a Marlene. Marlene. And also Frenchie. Yes, got to have a Frenchie. Guy find his helicopter. And the, moon, and the moon copter. Yeah, but see, told you. We, <laughs> we, see, we grew up reading the same <laughs> stuff because I fell in love with Moonlight as the backup feature in the big Hulk color magazine. Oh, I used to love those. Man. Marvel Super Special, too. Yep. And they Blue had, cover with the guys with the, like, the syringes in his head. And, yep. And they, Bill Sankovich had, his art was unlike anything you ever saw. And it was like, I wanted to see more, but like I couldn't get all of them. So they, and then they went back to black and white when the um, book yep. ended in 81. But um, yeah, man, Moon Knight's joint. I would love to see Moon Knight. I, I actually need to look for this when I go to the next con. And see, this is, this is what's unfair about, Scott having the cameras on us because he can see my responses. He can see yours. So he almost got the spit take when he said he wanted a dark hawk. But you can't, guys, see his eyes rolling when we're talking about the Moon Knight movie. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little unfair I, over there. I think that uh, Moon Knight might need to be a series, like a television series. Right. It would totally work as a series. Yeah. I think it worked as a series better than it would as a movie. Oh, yeah. Well, you would, Because you can flesh the story. You can stretch the story out. Right. Yeah. You, well, you kind of need to because yeah. I think that kind of character needs a little bit more character development and depth you know well at least it won't be nightmare well that's how you, oh, yeah. that's how you avoid it being um people saying it's a batman ripoff exactly because 
you won't really you won't be able to accurately convey in the movie that he's actually a little crazy, yeah. Yeah. Which is why he's got, the, you know, the three personalities are not covered. They're actually his personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that what was it. Like, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, and Jake Loxley. Right. One's a cab driver, one's the millionaire playboy, and yeah. I forget what the other one is. One's the mercenary well, for hire, mercenary, right? <laughs> Mark Spector's the mercenary, Stephen Grant is the uh, billionaire playboy, and Jake Loxley, Loxley is the, the cab. Uh, cab driver. Right. All right, Madman, what do you want to see MCU give us? What have they not done so far that you're just like banging your head going, really? Um, for some reason, I always kind of like the idea of damage control. Oh, I love that. Well, that would be great. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I like the idea of somebody who lives in New York. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be like this, this group of people goes around and has to deal with all this destruction that superheroes do in their city in the, in the movie. I would rather have a whole sink, a st string of stories of just the average New Yorker waking up one morning, making a cup of coffee, stepping out on the balcony for a, for a smoke and drinking their coffee, and then all of a sudden Spider-Man you know, comes swinging by, and then a pumpkin bomb blows up next to their head, and they got to go to the hospital because... And they go, oh, yeah. shit, we got to go through this all, again. All this collateral damage that happens just because I have superheroes living in your city. All right. Because, I mean, I think the, the, the logistics of actually having superheroes living and fighting in your city would be a nightmare to live in that city. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that could also be a, a great comedy, too, which NBC just tried this last year um, with, I think it was called Powers. Yeah. Powers, yeah. Um, where it was the same type of thing. They made inventions um, for everyday people because of the superheroes in the city. Now, it was set in the DC universe because it was specifically tied to Wayne Enterprises. Right. But damage control could totally work as a comedy. Can you cause imagine that you see a guy lying in bed and the phone gets up and he, you know, the phone starts ringing and he answers he's like, yeah? And he goes, what do you mean Spider-Man and Mysterio? We cleaned that up yesterday. They had a rematch. Yeah, Damn it! <laughs> But but sadly, he's getting out I, of bed. I gotta go, honey. That's a good idea, <laughs> but I think the one thing that that is going to keep us from seeing that is that that was the brainchild of Dwayne McDuffie, and he made that a believable and bankable book. Right, and it's going to take someone the caliber of Dwayne McDuffie to it's, to to, to, to pick it, up yeah. and take it. It's, it's honestly going to take someone who worked on those books with him Family, to yeah. knew what who knew what the vision was when exactly. it was being done. Exactly. So and that, and I'm, you know uh, you know not I'm out to digress for a moment. Comics and comics on television and film really lost, really lost a big time player when he left us. Absolutely. I mean, oh what he did God. with uh, the Static Shot cartoon and his influence on the Justice League cartoons and. Mm. That that man was just scratching the surface of what he, he was going to. Oh accomplish. my God! Can you imagine if he was still with us? What if they put him had him and Jeff Johns well, at Warner Brothers? I'd say you put him and Jeff Johns overseeing the DC um, EU. Oh my yeah, God! That, I guarantee you, all those movies would have been different shows. When you know, mm -hmm. Superman, Batman versus Superman, just like those would have been all been different movies with them at the helm. Exactly. But Which, we can only hope. We can only exactly. Wish. So one of the things I want to see from the MCU, and I think it's a foregone conclusion, we're going to get a new Avengers team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a given. We have to get new Avengers. But I want to see some of those B and C tier characters yeah. from the comics. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to see a Tigra. I want to see... Black Knight. Uh, Black Knight. Black Knight. I, I want to <laughs> see a Jocasta. Right. Yeah. You mean you've got to replace uh, Vision. Right. So there were so many great characters. Because remember, there was at one time the, the Avengers were like 30 some members or whatever. Oh, yeah. So bring in those those lesser known characters that were great in the books, you know? Absolutely. Bring me a yellow jacket. I would love me a yellow jacket. I would you know? love to see that. Plus, so, you can do it in the opposite direction. It's like if you do a new Avengers movie and then you just all of a sudden introduce a whole bunch of characters nobody's seen before, knows any background of. And if some, you know uh, one or more of the characters is well liked, then you could do uh, solo movies based upon right. that character. Right. Exactly, like, like we're going to be doing with Black Widow, which is the one we left mm -hmm. off. Right. And you know who's pr is a prime candidate for that? That you need to get in the, the next Avengers wave now is Mockingbird. Oh yeah, you get Mockingbird in there, and you've suddenly got a, a huge hit because now you've given the the female audience who admittedly aren't getting enough heroines in the movies, you've now given them Captain Marvel, Black Widow, and Mockingbird. And then add the dynamic of that the current wife of uh, Clint Barton is, you know, the second wife 
and bringing the element that they, he and Bobby were married. Oh, that would be and great. And that would be to, to create that, bring Jeremy Renner right in there. And you do that for the Mockingbird origin movie. Exactly. I mean, you, you bring her in Avengers, that's just a character, then you do the spinoff, and you have Jeremy Renner, which he actually showed up at the house, and the, the wife shows up, and she goes, so is this uh, Bobby? And, and Hawkeye's like, um, well, yeah, yeah. And, then, and you see the two of them just be really sociable to one another, right? And then you find out it was another time, you know. Is I don't like to talk about it type of thing because you'll find out that she kind of burnt him, right? Type of deal, exactly, exactly. But uh, since we're on that on that note, um, Captain Marvel two, which I'm assuming is going to get made, is right. going to be present day, and you know Monica Rambo is going to have to be photon, in right? That. She's got to be because she's what. 10 or something when they in that movie so she'll be right at the right age right so she's gonna have to be either the new captain marvel which i don't see them passing that off of brie larson anytime no. soon or she's gonna be photon or, or what there was another one she spectrum. was spectrum so she's gonna have to be one of those characters now how they're gonna work that out i don't know because i, I don't know the origin of that character i i vaguely remember i think it was a spider-man annual or maybe spider-man annual number 18 yep that's the one i'm thinking of where, where she showed up but right. and i think she was a police officer yeah, it's which shows you how impressed we were with that character that we can't remember Jack. Um, and and <laughs> all the stuff you keep in your head, guys. And uh, <laughs> and like uh, she wound up with these powers, and she eventually became one of the Avengers. Well, well, as I said when we talked about the uh, Captain Marvel fiasco, I mean a movie. Uh, I loved her. Oh, well, I did. I loved her. I she was the reason. Her and Submariner. And when Submariner and Hercules, when they did, when they were part of the Avengers back in 85, 86, she was the reason why. But they even had Dr. Druid. Why he was in there, I don't know. But um, um, she was great. I'm just sorry that, that for some reason, as popular as she is or was, she didn't have the strength to carry her own book. She was good for a one-shot. Well, the, the problem was it, it was pretty obvious when you read any of her uh, adventures that even the creative staff wasn't 100% behind her. No. Because they all still had Marvell and Carol Denver's in the back of her head. Yeah. And they always wrote her from the viewpoint believing that, well, we're going to get one of them back. Right. They kept waiting for the director from on high editorial, put Carol Denver's back, or we're going to bring Marvell back. So even though we, they never were told that, you could tell that they felt that was going to happen that they at some were point. That, they, right. were they were leaving that, that door open. open. Exactly. Of course, now it, it happened 20 years later, but yeah. I mean, it did yeah. happen. Who else? I was just thinking about another team that I wanted to see. I wanted to see, um, believe it or not, this would be a good movie, The Thunderbolts. Yeah, yeah. I I would love to see Thunderbolts if they actually stayed with the storyline. With the storyline, they line. end up were actually villains. The problem is none of those villains are known. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that, that oh shit factor doesn't work in the movie if you don't know the character like it did in the book. Do you remember reading that? Did you read that, Madman? No, no. Oh, that was such a great book because it even said right on the front cover, don't reveal the shock ending. And yeah. this was the days before the internet. So yeah. it's not yeah. like you would be on Facebook and people and you'd have to be avoiding all these posts. <laughs> it was literally time. you got it, you read it and you flipped it over and there was Citizen V and the it, Beatle and Screaming Mimi and you're and Moonstone, you're just like, Holy crap. Exactly. And it's and he and Citizen V is aka our good friend Baron Zemo. Yeah. And uh and wasn't wasn't one of them Angar the Screamer? I can't. No, it was just Screaming Mimi. Yeah. I remember being floored when it was Moonstone because I always loved her when she was in the Hulk, Hulk books. Yeah. So she was she was a powerhouse. So I'm like, oh wow, they're finally going to give her a spotlight. And then midway through, that they all start going like, you know, I kind of like this hero thing. Yeah, yeah. For some <laughs> reason, they liked being heroes. Go figure. Right. And I think that that's, that that was one of the things that made that made the uh. Um, that, that made that book a success. It was that you saw the evolution of these downright dirty villains appreciating the fact that they were lying about doing good and actually enjoying it. And, and then you see Baron Zemo like, this is not working the plan. <laughs> you guys right. aren't supposed to be liking this. Exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, I, I have one more here, too, that I want to see, but I'm going to see what you guys have. Going with Madman. Uh, boy, I, I'm kind of tapped out. Are you tapped? Yeah. I know Enos has got something. Uh, one of these days, I I'm going to call Enos at one moment. One of these days, I'm going to call Enos and say, you know what? Tommy and I are sick. It's your show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the, 
one of the things that I did that I really want to see is like um I would like to see the Midnight Suns. Oh, that would be awesome. And uh but have Blade, Brother Voodoo, Deathlock. Mm-hmm. Um You gotta have Johnny Blaze come Johnny on. Blaze. And uh, but first, um, I think what what would be good is to see another uh, do a brand new Ghost Rider, and uh, bring in who who would be good as Johnny Blaze, or else bring in or else get Richard Grieco to play Dan Catch. Oh, yep, that would be good too. Because Richard Grieco was the voice of Ghost Rider on the Fantastic Four cartoons and the Incredible Hulk cartoons in '95 and '96. But you know that would—that's another one that I think would work so much better as a TV series. TV series. Ghost it would, Rider. It would no, no, Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. It would have to be an ongoing um, storyline to to keep readers and hooked, uh, readers to keep viewers hooked and watching. Mm-hmm. But you know who I would love to put in that and not make him a regular, but make him as someone who shows up like every so many episodes. Like there's other something going on that's you know really big, and it's like you you know, hey guys, just in case you know, um, I would love to see them bring in Jack Russell Werewolf by Night. Yeah, he would he would work not as a regular, but like every once in a while they run into him like Jack. What are you doing in this town? He's like, don't you know the curse draws me wherever the trouble is right. type of thing. Right. So that would be you know what I would like to see since we're on that. So I have one that I I got to get out here because I I know that there's other people out like me who want to see it. I I want to see I want this really badly too, and I I want this as a live action movie, and there's got to be a way to make it work. I want a Jessica Drew Spider Woman. The original. Yes. Love it. I, I want a Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. I, I don't know how you would do it. It would be really hard. You would have to You would have to almost stick with the high evolutionary um, origin. Right. Um, you could probably work Peter Parker in somehow uh, with it. Uh, maybe have Spider-Man show up like uh, midway through it. Like, uh, so, uh, you know, you're kind of ripping off a look there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, I didn't think you would mind, and I wanted to make sure I got your attention. I mean, that's because yeah. that's yeah. what they did in the book is, yeah. you know. He finally shows up. I like, so I heard there's another spider character running around San Francisco, which can't be me because I'm based in New York. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, I would like that one. I want to see another Hulk movie. And, and I was about to say, I want to see another Hulk movie. Uh, I, I really think Ed Norton got the shaft because yeah, I, I, I loved him as Banner. He was excellent. Yeah, yeah. he did. Well, you know why they, he got kicked out, right? Greedy. He had a, no, he actually had a vision and, and Marvel said, well, no, we don't want to go that route. And part of it was greed, too. He well, wanted a little more money, but he also had a distinct idea of where the character should go. Well, that's that's kind of what I've heard about Ed Norton, is he kind of tries to take control of a character or take control of the, you know, uh, the editing. Yeah. You know, and take control of uh, the plots in some ways. And that's, I think, I've, I've heard people complain about him as an actor in that regard. And he, truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all like Mark Ruffalo. But I'm sorry, Ed Norton was Edward Norton yes. was the epitome, the penultimate Bruce Banner. Absolutely, he was. But uh, see, I'm really hard pressed between Norton and, and Ruffalo because I like Ruffalo. I think Ru- Ruffalo. Oh, I love character. Ruffalo. Ruffalo is the kind of guy actor that I would love to sit down and have dinner with and just chit chat because he looks like he'd be a fun guy to talk to. Oh yeah, right. And and plus he has the best Hulk scene out of all the oh, Hulk. Yeah. It was like. That's just it, Captain. I'm always, I'm always angry. angry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, well then, talk about someone who's got some zen in place. Exactly. It was like... Well, uh, I think that's why the the Edward Norton Hulk was so much better, was because it showed him going through the discipline of trying to control his right. his anger. You know, going and learning that uh, that Brazilian with a kickboxing or whatever. Oh, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, well, yeah, the Gracies were in that film, weren't they? Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, so I'm trying to think, is there anything that I have missed? Because I, I wrote down some of my notes of things that I, I really want to see them do in the MCU. Uh, again, the Avengers, all those lesser-tier characters like Tigra, Black Knight, who else was on there? Jocasta. Jocasta. Um, um, oh, who else? I know there's a couple other Avengers. Oh, uh, and uh, Yellow Jacket mentioned Yellow Jacket. Oh, uh, you know who would be good to, to bring in... Uh, to bring in a whole new legion of fans, someone that was very popular, Jack of Hearts. 
Yes, absolutely. That's another great because that's that's another great storyline because he had almost the same type of problem as Tony Stark. He had mm. the whole weak heart, and that's what was right. causing that's what his powers was coming from. It was right. fueled by that. So Jack of Hearts would be a good one too. And you're right, that would get a especially since they don't have a lot of energy based heroes in MCU. So he would be a guy, and he's not using any type of machinery or invention to do it. It's it's him. Right. Oh yes, I do. There is a movie that I want to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Alpha Flight. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, we do need a Canadian representation. There you go. Especially, you get Sasquatch in there. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. And if you really want to give uh, some nods to the comic fans, don't do the um, Sasquatch Wolverine fight. Um, Just have a scene where they're in the U.S. and you see Logan goes by to see Sasquatch and goes up and taps him on the shoulder. He turns around like, and he's like, Wolverine, Logan. And you see them hugging, like, how the hell have you been? <laughs> exactly. 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 Like, you know him? We tangled like a few years ago. <laughs> and I think the best way, and I hope, hopefully we would see the X-Men somehow introduce them. Yep. Right. And actually, I'm thinking of Wendigo. But, yes, yeah, Sasquatch and Wolverine yeah, did have yep, a tussle. Yep. yep. And, and well, coincidentally, it was their tussle that led to... The um, banner gaining the Hulk's intelligence for right. a little while back yep. in 83, 82, 83. And uh, Greg LaRock was doing the artwork back then. The pl- man I had the pleasure of meeting, great guy. But his flash was, his flash artwork was on, was fantastic. I, yep, I remember his run on Flash. He, uh, he was the one, I think, who introduced the whole shiny aspect mm-hmm. to the, out, to the right. outfit, right? Because mm-hmm. it was just kind of regular spandex. And I'm like, well, right. it should look a little shiny. He's, he's moving fast, right. you know? Right. There should be some glint on it. So uh, can I have a second to talk to our listeners? Yes. Sure. Uh, I just want to say thank you for to all of our listeners because over the last month we've doubled. Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, yes. So thank you for listening. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Enos sharing um, our podcast on his two um, Facebook groups. Which which are help me because they're long titles. They're um, Batman, yesterday, today, and forever in the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture. And I also share them with my friends on my own personal Facebook page. Awesome! So thank you to all those people in those groups. Yes, absolutely. All, all thank you very much, guys. All of our listeners who found us organically or some other way, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some more content. We're, we're working on getting some uh, a Patreon going or YouTube going so we can get uh, some of these videos out. So you can see, uh, like, Randy's reaction to me making dark hot jokes. And also, I would, if I may, gentlemen, one of our um, one of our regular listeners is my pastor and his wife, um, and the first lady of our church. Oh, did I drop any f bombs? No, you didn't. <laughs> no, no. Um, pa- <laughs> the pastor of my church, Dr. John S. and Dorothy Fontaine. Uh, pastor of a first pastor first lady of first baptist church in heatsville virginia where i live they have been they love our show they love the interaction between you myself tommy and madman and they constantly tell me every week to pass on to you guys keep up the great work we love the show oh, thanks. and thanks, guys and um so i want to give a shout out to doc and miss fontaine thank you all so much for your support Thank you. Thank you, guys. So next week, next week I'm on vacation, so Tommy's here. Um, and I believe the subject that he wants to cover is um, superhero and comic-related video games. Okay. Um, so on that note, I'm just going to kind of slip this out there. For any of our listeners that um, are on City of Heroes Homecoming, <laughs> on Everlasting, Chain Lightning has made a supergroup called Justice Force. Um, you find him at Crimson Star as a global, and any of you guys who are Longbox listeners that are also playing City of Heroes on Everlasting, if you just reach out to at Crimson Star on the character Chain Lightning, he'll be invite anybody onto that supergroup that's a LLB listener and just wants to hang out. Okay, plug done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so shut up, Madman. <laughs> so until we're next time, time. We're time. Until next time, we're going to be down here wondering. Just how long is it going to take before we get that Justice League Avengers movie? Why, Madman? Because we are lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Thank you, everybody. Good night, everyone.